0: What's up, wrestling fans, trading card collectors? Welcome to another episode of Wrestling With Cards, the podcast. I'm your host, Zan. You can check me out all over social platforms at Morning. Today's episode is part one of my interview with Doug Driesel. Doug is the creator of the NDWA, which, believe it or not, is a professional thumb wrestling promotion. What? Thumb wrestling? (laughs) That's right. Get ready to hear some stories of some wacky entertainment from Doug in this one. And other topics we discussed this week include how he likes to run his promotion, Is he more of a Paul Heyman, or is he more of a Vince McMahon? We also talk about how Doug got into the hobby, what he collects, the questionable promos and angles in wrestling history, and so much more. But before we get into part one with Doug, just a few reminders of how you can help show your support for my content. Easiest thing you can do, and it's free, hit subscribe on whatever popular podcast platform you're listening to. And if you enjoy it, leave a review. Tell a friend about the show. It's the easiest way to grow the listener base. Make sure to check out the links in the show notes as well to the following, such as my YouTube channel, which is where the original content started, the Worlds Collide podcast, which is the other podcast I'm doing with Tony Vella from WrestlingTradingCards.com, my Wrestling With Cards Patreon page, where you can become a member of the Patreon community for as little as $1 a month, links to my eBay store, links to my social platforms, and of course, links to buy me a coffee if you so choose. Again, everything I mention is in the show notes of this podcast. So let's kick it to the conversation with Doug Driesel, part one from the NDWA. What's up, wrestling card fans, wrestling fans in general? We've got Doug Driesel on the line, or should I say, the Vince McMahon of thumb wrestling?
1: Hey, I prefer the Paul Heyman, but uh, that's just me. Oh, Uh, the
0: extreme. Well, I I like his
1: style better. I like the the improvisation. I think that fits more with what we do. The showing up and seeing who's there and being, oh, okay, you and you are going to be in a match. That's sort of the type of thing I like to do.
0: I don't want to jump the gun. We'll talk about your promotion here in a little bit, but actually that's a much better comparison compared to what the organization does. So why don't you just introduce yourself, give people a very short background, and then we'll get into some questions.
1: Okay, well, um, why don't we uh, go through your uh, typical uh, line of uh, questioning? Uh, how did I get started in collecting, right? Is sure. that where we're going to start? Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Good. Uh, I've My mom's side of the family has had baseball cards since uh, forever. So I've been collecting cards since I don't know when. Like, I don't, I before I was able to form memories. And uh, then in, when I was nine years old, a friend of mine introduced me to. Marvel Series 3 trading cards, the Marvel Universe Series 3 trading cards. And I was like, oh, they make trading cards for cool art and not boring baseball? Right. Awesome! <laughs> awesome! And I was hooked from there. And uh, it, eventually it, eventually, I moved into comic books and comic books started taking up more of my money than the trading cards. But uh, uh, after I got done with all of that, I finally gave my trading cards to my nephews uh, about five years ago. And then I just, you know, happened to read a random article about how much they would have been worth now, and, <laughs> yeah. uh, I was like, oh, hey, maybe that, uh, frivolous thing I used to do isn't so frivolous anymore, and, uh, and even though now I've started jumping back in, I, uh, I still, I still collect your oddball stuff that doesn't cost, like, I just completed my, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy set. That's interesting. So, like, I go for stuff that's, you know, real cheap in my collection. Sure so I'm not uh I'm not worried about the money but the the lure of the money is sure what drew me back in but it's not what I focus on
0: I think that's just the true collector mindset you know if the money comes it comes but if you're enjoying what you're doing and one thing I want to talk about kind of like what you're currently collecting I think it's interesting that you're going after more of the oddball stuff and not going after whatever mainstream is telling you to do whatever kind of niche of collectibles that may be whether it's you know, I, I know we saw like a, a big thing of comics recently or people are like graded comics, which I still think are awesome. But, you know, maybe there's certain aspects of that that aren't for everybody. So maybe you like comics, but you're going with the card perspective because maybe it's cheaper. Uh, I've talked about before, maybe it's easier to store. I know offline we've talked about some grading of these cards. So um, what are you currently collecting and why do you think you're kind of gravitated to go towards what you collect?
1: Well, like I said, I do a lot of the oddball stuff. Um, Like, I just finished my Mad Magazine, Lime Rock Series 2, and uh, uh, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I'm working on the Amalgam set that Marvel and DC put out together uh, in, I think it was, 97, I want to say. You know, like, those are the kind of things I go after just because I'm not looking to make money. I'm looking to collect the things that... I would have easily paid $5 a pack for back in the day. And now I can get the, you know, the full box. But
0: um, so quick quick question. I'm sorry to cut you off. When you're buying that stuff out of curiosity, uh, what do you find in the price points at at the stuff you want from older sets? Because um, we've seen with wrestling, certain aspects of sports cards, definitely certain aspects of Marvel cards. Some of that stuff is just skyrocketed while other of it is very affordable. So what are you seeing from price point for, just in case people are watching this and they want to go okay. back and buy some of that stuff.
1: You know, it's it's really cool. There's uh, What I've been doing a lot lately is the dreaded uh, buy and break, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I do a lot of that because the, a lot of the oddball older sets are still easy to find in wax pack form, you know? Uh, you get... High quality cards, but you're also sacrificing because the old wax packs. You're losing the f- top card and the bottom sure. card because of the wax buildup and the bubble gum. Uh, but uh, there's things like uh, zero heroes is another one that mm-hmm. I'm going for. That's like a 1983 set. I want to get the full set of those. Those look awesome to me. Um, but for the price point of the older stuff, and for the not as older stuff. Uh, on the stuff I'm looking for is really cheap because that's really what I do is my eBay searches, my eBay Macari searches are generally set up for trading card pack box, you know, something very, very vague. And um, then I can just kind of just sort through the weeds and, you know, I set my price point really low and then I just see what's available for what I can afford that I would enjoy breaking,
0: you know. That's- so what, are, what would you say your favorite things are right now that you have in your collection?
1: Uh, right now, well, since we're on wrestling with cards, um, <laughs> other, th- other than my vast uh, Howard the Duck, like I don't have any Howard the Duck comics right now, but I have a huge Howard the Duck card and other collectors. Like I've got a got a Howard the Duck for president uh, button and a uh, Howard the Duck uh, 7-Eleven cup from 1976. But other than that, I have uh, I collect Jerry the Jerry Lawler family oddball cards. Nice, that's awesome. Yeah, so I started with uh, those Supermatch cards that I uh, we we traded for. Mm-hmm. Um, I kept my Honky Tonk Man, so that's part of that collection. Um, I have a Jerry Lawler 2008 uh, Chrome Relic uh, from him. It's uh, one of those. One of those ones that doesn't say when or where or if it was actually Jerry Lawler who wore it, but yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, and then I also have a 23 karat gold too cool card. Uh Brian Christopher, of sure. course, for those who don't know, is Jerry Lawler's son. Um and uh I also have a uh someone just gave me this out of nowhere, and I think it's hilarious to own it. A uh, May Young. <laughs> uh elite action figure elite elite collection action figure is a, so having a uh having an action figure and not i know they didn't mean to do this because all of the action figures from that collection come with severed hands that you can put in and out sure. but i thought it being a fun yeah. callback to a very disgusting and weird storyline from my childhood
0: absolutely um yeah what drew what's drawing you to as far as the wrestling end what drew you to jerry lawler and kind of the memphis area stuff did you watch a lot of memphis or is it the uh um kind of the comedy aspect of that with andy kaufman um what what drew you to jerry lawler because i think that's cool that you're collecting something that isn't you know hogan rock steve austin stuff like that i'm always interested in the people who are collecting the stuff off the beaten path you mentioned howard the duck I loved the movie. I never really got into the comics. But Howard the Duck is not X-Men. You know what I'm saying? So I love listening to these stories.
1: Uh, Well, as far as the Jerry Lawler stuff goes, um, it's kind of a buildup of stuff because, of course, the Kaufman thing uh, uh, brings me into Jerry Lawler. you got to respect somebody who... Can see the merger there of uh, wrestling and comedy. Um, but I really think that he's what a lot of people would call their Gorilla Monsoon. You know, like he's the, he's, or sorry, the uh, Bobby Heenan. He's my Bobby Heenan. Sure. You know, uh, he's the color commentary for me. You know, I grew up, uh, I watched some stuff as a kid, mostly live when they'd come to town, you know, but um, when it was really in the Attitude Era, with, when it kicked in for me, uh, it was uh, I started watching wrestling, the Raw before the pay per view, before the Raw ver- before the first SmackDown. So, okay. I watched. I started watching the week before the first SmackDown. Sure. Um, and uh, so that's when I started watching. So for me, Jerry Lawler's just the guy. You know, he's and I go back and watch some of that stuff, and I've evolved to um, not appreciate some of the stances Jerry Waller took during those times.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. There's definitely some not politically correct things from Memphis TV. But like for me, that's wrestling.
1: That's wrestling. That's, you know, I mean, uh, it's, it's, you take the good with the bad and everything. And, uh, you know, I mean, you take the you take the Rowdy Roddy Piper versus Mr. T but you also take those really questionable uh Rowdy Roddy Piper
0: promos about sure. Mr.
1: T you know you know it's just how it works
0: um and I think this is uh actually real quick I was gonna make a transition to the NDWA because I think that that was a oh, yeah. good you know talking about we that, haven't told
1: anybody why I'm here
0: no we'll get to that in a minute yeah. uh one more thing you you seem like you're kind of collecting different things. Um, How, as you, you as a collector, how do you view as far as like storage? Um, Do you like to collect linear things? So whether it's comics, cards, action figures, whatever it is you're collecting, like are you mainly focused on cards right now? Are you starting to branch out into other things? Just kind of what's your mentality from a collector standpoint? Because I know a lot of people kind of stay in one lane. Um, Myself, I like to do a little bit of different things because I think there's so many cool things out there that bring up nostalgia, not even necessarily the money, like graded video games, graded comics, definitely. I'm going to get one of those first Punisher appearance one of these days, Um, just different stuff like that. So where are you at from a collecting standpoint from just different types?
1: At the moment, I'm really focused on the oddball cards. I tend to bounce around and hyper-focus. Like, that's where my collecting goes. Like, I'm just getting off of sold-as-blank uh, VHS tapes. Like, I'm just starting to sell off that collection and use that to finance my weird uh, weird trading card collections and stuff. Um, and uh, that that's really where I am right now. I... I spend a lot of time on the NDWA and uh, I spend a lot of time just working day jobs and stuff, you know, so it's not like I have a whole lot of time for a lot of other things. Sure. So, you know, that's, that's my thing is I hyper-focus. And uh, right now I just felt like after a long time of, since I stopped being a stand-up comic, I used to be a stand-up comic, everybody. Uh, as, as soon as I stopped being a stand-up comic, I kind of felt like I was, Um, searching for my thing and I don't know there was a certain almost midlife crisis aspect of of wanting to go back to the first thing I remember really exciting me and that was the Marvel trading cards and then that kind of led to right now the Marvel market it's 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 on its way out but it's still a little pricey um, in a lot of areas so um, I, I that's why I kind of gravitated more toward the oddball stuff that you know uh, a lot of people aren't picking up
0: so i don't know where to start because i'm going to give this to you but the ndwa i'm not even sure if you contacted me first if i saw the organization on youtube first i'm not sure where this started but i'm going to give the floor to you to just kick things off on what this is how it started and your part in it paul hayman okay
1: okay uh so the national digit wrestling association ndwa thumbs is professional thumb wrestling and it is almost exactly what it sounds like because it does sound like we dress our thumbs up and then they wrestle. But in a, in a matter of fact, it's a love letter to professional wrestling. We put on costumes, we do promos, we do matches. It's mainly made for production. It's not like, it's so, we do live shows sometimes, but it's not designed for live shows. It's designed as a web show. It's designed as something that you can watch in installments and stuff. Um, NDWA is called that because it started out as a sketch, and I did not think it would continue on past a sketch. Uh, But if I had, I might have just called it thumb wrestling, and not not something that you have to explain to somebody every time you promote the thing. But uh, it's fun. it is it, really just uh, 80s and 90s nostalgia wrestling. Uh, don't get me wrong; comedy is at the forefront of what we do. Sure, but there is there are the dramatic elements that you have in uh, wrestling, and uh, there's even some horror elements. You know, we recently had a, a storyline that um, more of a great minds think alike than an us parodying them. But we had a storyline that kind of ran parallel to the fiend like none of us were watching modern wwe product at the time um we were all either vintage or aw fans so um we didn't really know what was going on with the fiend and we were doing a storyline that was very much like the demon bob from twin peaks like that's where we got the inspiration for that and then once we some of us started watching modern product again we were like oh hey that's like what we're doing uh oh <laughs> you know, and there was some course correction going on as soon as we saw how similar our situations were we we had to lean a little heavier into the twin peak stuff but basically um it's a group of roughly mm, 10 to 15 people at any given time playing anywhere between 25 to 30 characters and uh we we fight for things like the uh eddies headies uh 24 7 title they're pretty are, good looking uh, belt there yeah right uh they've been our sponsor since the early days since like six months in um special thanks to eddie's headies out there uh also uh our undisputed championship is another belt that gets fought over quite regularly um currently our undisputed champion is trail fighter who may be australian (laughs) and um Yeah, essentially, it started off as a sketch. uh, Like I I mentioned before, uh, since I stopped doing stand-up, I've been looking for outlets and stuff. I was working at a radio station at the time. Um, I had just invented a game that had a successful Kickstarter, but it turns out I don't really have the business acumen for selling games, so it ended up just mostly being a game my friends and I played at a bar, you know, and one day a dude was late showing up to playing like an hour late and I was kind of looking around and I was noticing that the stage had a very wrestling setup, Like it was very much like set up like a ring. And I thought, Oh, like a comedy wrestling thing would go great here. And then I just, the wheels kept turning. And then I was like, Oh, thumb wrestling. That's something that a bunch of out of shape overweight people can (laughs) do to show up and uh, you know, yell about uh, how we're going to crush our opponents and, uh, how you know? Uh, have fun, just kind of shuffling around, and uh, you know, I had start. We started with a table, and then we started very staticky. I got a couple of local, uh, a guy I knew through the bars who used to work at the radio station that I had worked at the, at, at the time. Uh, another guy who uh, was like a local uh, MC around town. They were my. They were my um, commentary team. Uh, We did live commentary in the first bits of it. And then my two improv partners, because I'm in a three-person improv team, uh, were of course the obvious uh, choices to play the good guy and the bad guy. And then uh, we filmed it. I played the sort of the the Vince McMahon of the whole thing, uh, Baron Von Satan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, I played him and it was really fun. And uh, everybody wanted to do another one. And a guy at work had wanted to be part of that. The guy who went on to play Tad Bagler uh, wanted to be part of that, but he had a work thing that weekend. So we're like, well, you guys want to do more. He wants to be a part of it. We'll do a second sketch, I guess, you know, and then it just kind of evolved from there. You know, uh, we started um, a lot of us have production background work. So it just it became That's a gotta matter help. Of, exactly and it became a matter of applying what we know to this stupid thing. You know, so we had this stupid thing that we all loved. But let's be honest. It's the dumbest thing you've ever heard of. But it's so fun because of that. It, soo- it sounds fun. dumb
0: until you watch it. And then when I first watched it, um, there's there's two things I want to say. I, I was like, it, it took me back to how I was when I first saw XPW and ECW. I didn't care. I knew it was wrestling. I didn't care about the wrestling. I cared about everything around it, the storylines, the shock value, the what am I watching? And then I also want to point to that, yeah, it's thumb wrestling. But there's actually more going on than just that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a common misconception. I bet that you get a lot because it's a lot. There's so much to it. So um, just and it's evergreen content. You know, you guys can it's a great creative outlet that you guys can continually make. Uh, none of it's dated you know you could go back and watch this stuff in 20 years and it's still going to be just as good as it is now so that was part one with Doug from the NDWA stay tuned next week for part two of my conversation with Doug in the meantime make sure to check out all the links in the show notes that I mentioned before links to Doug's Instagram page as well will be in there and links to the NDWA YouTube channel where you can view all the things that we were talking about today also the links to everything I'm involved with and the ways you can help show your support for my content are there too Until next time, keep collecting, keep having fun, we'll see ya.